0: Welcome to C3 Belconnen. Here's the latest message from our senior pastor, Nick Hein. Hey thanks for joining us really looking forward to sharing a great message with you today in our series on identity theft and before we finish up today we're going to take communion together as a church which is a really special experience and while you might be you doing it on your own actually the mindset is that we are doing this together and we'll cover that actually in the message a little bit today and so we're going through on this series talking about where our identity comes from and some of the challenges we're facing in this season what it might be revealing about us and really wanting to wise us up to what might be going on below the surface. This issue of identity is a big one in our culture. It's quite a fraught one for many people actually and uh, can lead us down all sorts of challenging pathways. So it's great to be exploring it with you and I know uh, that a lot of people have been helped by this series. So please keep letting us know uh, if it's been helping you or other people that you know. Now this issue of identity is, is incredibly complex and I guess the thought I want to put out for you today is that identity is not just who you are, it's also about who you are part of. It's about what you are a part of, not just about what you are individually. And we're going to look at some passages in the Bible that help us understand this and see why it's so incredibly important for us. You know, I was thinking about this just recently and it reminded me of an experience we had once traveling overseas. If you ever want to, I guess, feel, uh, perhaps I'm assuming here that you, the bulk of our listeners are Australian, though there's people around the world joining us, if you want to feel Australian or really identify uh, more as your particular culture, then just go to another culture. I've never felt more Australian than we when we were traveling in Italy. And we went on this family trip there uh, quite a number of years ago. And this this sort of tricky Set of circumstances unfolded, and it, it led to the point where Melissa was in hospital with one of our children. But I was unable; they wouldn't let me stay there with them, and so I had to take our, our other son at the time back to where we had been staying. And so we were trying to communicate across different cities in this uh, different uh, you know country. Very challenging set of circumstances. At one point, Melissa uh, ended up at a train station with our eldest child on her own, trying to get back to where we were staying and she had no money on her. And at that point she just broke down and was sobbing and just distraught at this train station. And Guess what? The very first and actually the only people that offered any assistance at all were literally other Australians who came across us on the other side of the world, and uh, Melissa tells the story that to hear a you know that sort of get a mate or how can I help you uh, from you know the last thing she expected in this foreign culture, all of a sudden this incredible sense of collective identity and connection to somebody else. The funny thing is, we probably could have passed those people in the street at any other time and never known that we had anything in common. But when you find yourself in that sort of environment, what unites us becomes far more important. Than our differences. And this is actually quite a powerful concept for us. You see, as humans, we are wired to belong. Right from the very beginning, God created us in His image, and He, by nature, and this is is an interesting thought, is a communal God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm not going to unpack the Trinity for you right now, but it's a very real deal. And so it's really important for us to be thinking about what it means that we are not just individuals, but that we are called by God into community we are invited into relationship with him but also with each other god designed us for relationship but way back in the garden of eden Adam and Eve and and really all of humanity chose this sort of idea of self-determination. We chose to go down a, a, a route that's all about us as individuals and so often have separated ourselves from this idea that our identity is influenced and in part shaped by what we are a part of, not just who we are. We are designed for community. One of the greatest challenges to our identity to this very day is that some of the things that we're used to try and define ourselves as individuals are actually separating us from others. And so at the very same time as we're trying to build up our sense of identity, we are inadvertently tearing it down as well. I know the enemy would love nothing more than to keep us going down that path where we are trying to carve out this sense of individual identity, not only building that on really frail uh, ideas and shifting sands, if you like, but actually in the same time, removing ourselves and separating ourselves from others and the importance of this sense of shared identity that we have. In 1 Peter chapter 2, we read a powerful thought about this uh, in, in the Bible. And I want to read this passage out to you uh, in particular. Uh, and in this, it's actually touching on some Old Testament passages as well in Hosea. And, and the thought uh, that so often rings out in the book of Isaiah, as God is speaking through the prophet to his people in exile, in difficult circumstances, reminding them, of who they are. Reminding them not just of who they are as individuals, it's not just comfort for you in your circumstances, but he is speaking to his people, to this nation that he's called and set apart as his own. And the language is so so incredibly warm and engaging. And 1 Peter 2 says it like this, says, but you are not like that for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For He called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Isn't that a fascinating thought that you are called out as God's people? And because of that, because you know who you are and what you have as a follower of Jesus, because we're called together as God's people, we can show His goodness to other people. We could show the goodness of God because He is called us out. goes on to say in verse 10, once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. There's a really big thought here. It's funny at first to see that word mercy put in the midst of this idea of our identity. How is mercy a part of our identity, especially as God's people? Well, here's the thing. If we have been shown mercy and if we have received mercy then we understand that it's not all about us the fact that you and i have been shown god's mercy as he sent jesus his son to take our sins on that cross for us to shed his blood that we might be made clean that's what we're going to be celebrating in community together later it's the most unifying thing possible You see, nothing will shatter my frail and fragile and false sense of individual identity more than the reality of how broken I actually am. But the thing is, the more I realize what I have been set free from, the more I can become truly free. The more I realize how merciful God has been towards me, the less of an issue I have understanding my place as a part of God's bigger plan in His picture, as a part of His people alongside uh, you. I can see myself alongside you, not in competition, but in community, because I realize what Jesus Christ has done for me. How powerful is that thought? You see, what brings us together is what God has done for us. You know, one of our core scriptures as a church is found in the book of Ephesians. And in chapter 2, uh, verses 19 to 22, is a passage that we go to often. And I want to read it to you out of the message translation, which puts it in some beautiful language. It says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. There's that word again. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here, in what He is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now He's using you, fitting you in brick by brick and stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. I love the sort of language that is coming out of that passage there, and there's some key thoughts here for for us to help understand this sense of collective identity. And this message has been on my heart through this season for us as a church. You see, a lot of our communication, whether it's from us as a church, whether it is from our government, whether It's all around us. A lot of the communication has been at these two levels, at the macro, the big picture stuff. We're talking about this global pandemic and how it's going to affect us as a nation and what we all need to do to band together. It's also talked a lot about where we are at as individuals, how I'm feeling, the challenges I might be facing. Both of those are incredibly important, but you know what? In the middle there is a sense of community, is how we're journeying together. And that's always mattered so much to us as a group of followers of Jesus. As a church community, we've always said, hey, we are better together. That this passage is so incredibly important to us because it speaks to us as a collective. It speaks to us as God's people. The enemy would like nothing more than for us not only to have issues with our personal identity, but even more so, I believe, to forget what we are called to be a part of. You see, even if we become secure and confident in the right way in ourselves, but fail to connect with others, fail to see how we fit into God's perfect plan for all of mankind, fail to see how we are a part of His body. That's what Jesus Christ calls His church, His body on this earth. If we fail to see that, then we are missing so much of the picture. There's some great language in here. and We read, first of all, that we're told we're no longer wandering exiles. We're no longer foreigners. We've been brought out of any sense of of slavery. We've been brought out of any sense of just being wandering, being stateless or homeless people. And instead, we're actually brought into and given a sense of, of identity. We're no longer outsiders. We are insiders. We've come into God's very presence. What that means, above all, is that you are known. You're not nameless, you're not faceless, you're not an afterthought, you are known. God has declared that you're not outside of His plans. He has declared that you're not off on your own, desperately trying to scratch out some sort of life for yourself. You're not an exile, you're not wandering, you're not a stranger, you are known. The second thing that we read here is that you and I are citizens now, for a long time ago, I worked for one of our government departments that dealt with citizenship. We used to always talk about citizenship as being about our rights and our responsibilities. Something shifts as you go from being somebody who's just a witnessing community, Maybe trying to figure it out, getting a sense of it. But a sense of citizenship actually confers on you both rights and responsibilities. For example, as a citizen uh, of Australia, you are expected to vote and to participate in our political processes. But it also gives uh, you, that's the responsibility, also gives you the right to actually a whole bunch of benefits to the protection uh, of our government and the right of travel in and out of our nation. So there are all these thoughts that go around the idea of becoming citizens. That's a beginning of a sense of identity. There are privileges and there's a sense of culture attached to that. So you and I are now citizens of heaven. This passage goes on to actually say, now, hey, not only that, but we're part of the family. Let me show you how the New Living Translation steps us through these, uh, these stages. No longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. It goes on to say, now you are members of God's family. Together we are His house. You're members of God's family. Being a part of a family means an even greater sense of shared identity. I am a citizen of Australia, just like my neighbors are, but our families are very different. I identify closely with my family. We have so much in common. There are values that we share, and ultimately, there is a love that exists between us as a family that cannot be found anywhere else. So you and I are not just removed and distant from God. We've been brought near. Then we've been brought into a sense of privilege, of right and responsibilities as members of the kingdom of God. We're also told that we are brought even closer than that into God's family. And the thing about family is, and we have to say this uh, around our house all the time, hey, this is a home, not a hotel. All right, this is, this is not just somewhere where you come to hang out and other people do it all for you. As a member of a family, you are a contributor now. There is a role for you and I to play together to make something greater. And if we were meeting physically, you'd be hearing this all the time. We talk about it a lot. And that's why I wanted to put it back out there in front of us, even though we're not physically together at the moment, is that this is, this is actually a home, not a hotel. This is not something we just appreciate from a distance. But there's others doing you know, all the work behind the scenes and we just kind of come and go. No, it's an invitation into God's family. It's an invitation to, to be on this journey alongside each other for good. Finally, we're told in this passage that we are part of God's building. It says God is, we are His house. God is building this thing together. Carefully joined together in Him, it describes us as the, the uh, message translation As she says that God is using us all in what He is building. He's using you, fitting you in brick by brick and stone by stone. Every one of us with a part to play. Ultimately, what this is saying is that you and I have a shape and we have a purpose that we've actually got a role to play. We have a part to play where we're on the team. We're not sitting in the crowd. We're not spectators. We. Often, uh, befriend doesn't really translate now, but we used to say church is a full contact sport. We used to say it's not about just observing from a distance, although it feels like that right now, but, but come with me. Hear me through the screen there. We are together in this. We're a part of what God is building. You and I have a part to play Maybe right now that is your ability to encourage others. Maybe it's to reach out of of the sort of very closed in four walls that you're existing in right now. Speak life into somebody else. Maybe it's encouraging uh, those around you in your neighborhood. Maybe it's dropping off a a meal for somebody else, finding acts of kindness, uh, using our care line to be a a blessing to others. There are ways that we're all contributing to this incredible experience of, of church that we get to be a part of. Every one of us has a role to play. There are no outsiders. There are no spectators. Every one of us is a part of the family. Every one of us is a part of what God is building. See, ultimately, the call to follow Jesus is a call into community. We've always believed and will always declare that that is a hallmark of our church. It's a hallmark of what we do as we journey together. This is a call into community. I want to tell you that on the other side of this season, and even now, especially more so, community matters. It might look a little bit different, but the choice is still the same for you and I. You see, being a part of community actually costs us something. You can never really be a part of a community. You can never really be participating at that sort of full level and getting all the benefits out unless we give of ourselves into that. There's a sense of vulnerability, but also incredible joy. There's a sense of giving, but also incredible gain that comes with the decision to be a part of community, to step beyond just our own interests and be a part of what God is doing. Right now, that literally could look like being encouraging uh, in the online chat there. It might look like taking the step to fill out that connection card and letting us know how we can journey with you. Maybe you're new to town or new to this church experience and you want to take a next step. Find out about how you can be connected with others uh, in small groups, in our connect groups. There. They're online at the moment and hopefully it won't be too long before there'll be some uh, ability to gather together, taking these steps into community is so incredibly powerful and incredibly important. You know, in a few moments, we're going to take this opportunity to share communion together. And uh, some of our pastors are going to lead us in that uh, experience. And this is such an incredibly unifying moment. It is actually laying down all of our differences. It's even declaring as we take communion that we are more united than we could possibly imagine. That we are saying, hey, the space doesn't matter. The distance doesn't matter. The sense of separation doesn't matter because in Jesus we are united. Because of what he has done for us, everything else falls away. And we are united in him because of what he has done. You see, we understand how much we have been forgiven. If we understand how free we are, then we can lay down our differences and we can pick up what unites us, and we can gather together around Jesus in His resurrected power, knowing that we are seated with Him in heavenly realms, knowing that our eternity is secure, knowing that despite what this uh, journey through life here looks like, even for a, a tough season as this, our hope is secured. It is anchored in who Jesus Christ is. That allows me to let go of that sense of fragile, self created identity, to embrace how God has made me and shaped me and who He's called me to be, and to see that a big part of that picture is this journey of following Jesus together. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, visit www.c3belconnon.org.au.